Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city. It lies four square. The gates are made of... Hello, everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. And we also have our YouTube channel, which is under my name, Susan Puzio. And we have our website, propheticnews.com. We also have two books that are available on Amazon and some other booksellers, Seed Faith, Can a Man Bribe God? And Paula White, Heretic in the White House. Thank God she's no longer there. The Miracle-Selling Huckster, who became the spiritual advisor to the world's most powerful man. Now, how does that happen? (laughs) It, 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 It happens because the world's most powerful man wasn't too spiritual if he picked Paula White. And last week, Paula White was in Korea, South Korea. And who do you think she was with in South Korea? Just who do you think she was with when she was there? She flew all the way over there. I heard her tell her congregation that she was going to Korea. but She didn't tell them who she was going to be with. Because I'm sure some of the people in the congregation probably would have been very shocked and might not come back if she tells people that she's going to speak for Mrs. Moon, Mrs. Moon, who was Sung Young Moon's wife, who claims that she's the only begotten daughter of God, that Jesus was a failure, and Mr. Moon had to take up Jesus's mantle because Jesus failed in his mission to be recognized as the Messiah. So he became the Messiah, Mr. Moon did. And Mrs. Moon, now that he's dead, she's taken it up and she's now the only begotten daughter of God and she's going to save the world. And she's the new Eve. So this is the person that the spiritual advisor, former, or still advising, Mr. Trump, and who appears on so-called Christian television networks, goes and speaks for Mrs. Moon. And you can see the, I believe it's the uh, peace rally. I'm not sure if it's on YouTube or not, but it was just held last week. And it was prayer, it was a prayer rally for the salvation and the unification of North Korea and South Korea. And Paula White gets up on the platform, and I guess she thinks she's some kind of uh, important political figure. 
or a diplomat or ambassador or something. But she gets up and she says the most, one of, some of the most shocking words when she said that Mrs. Moon loves the Lord. Well, that would be pretty hard to do because Mrs. Moon thinks she is the Lord. So I don't know what Lord Paula White was talking about, but it goes to show you that anything, she'd do anything for money because I'm sure Mrs. Moon probably pays hundreds of thousands of dollars on an aerarium. Who knows? They have a big palace over there. So Paula probably gets to stay in the big palace and she's probably got servants waiting on her. And if it's that easy to be bought that you're going to tell an antichrist that she loves the Lord, oh, and that she's she's very important to God. Yeah, Mrs. Moon. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, uh, what are people going to do about it? What are so-called Christian television networks and ministries going to do about it? Are they going to say... We wash our hands of Paula White because she's a, she's a heretic. She's uh, gone off the deep end for sure now. Uh, they should. They should. No one that says Mrs. Moon loves the Lord should appear on any so-called television network or being be any kind of uh, figurehead for any Christian organization. But these are the days we're living in, the shocking days that we're in. Anyway, I'm going to do a little sound check here because I'm not sure how if it's coming in loud and clear because last week I had some audio problems where the sound was cutting in and out and you couldn't even really hear me. So Ron Roby and I had to redo our program. And also if... By chance, my internet connection goes out, which it's, once in a while it does because I'm kind of in a bad area for wireless internet, and sometimes I might lose my connection even if I lose it for a second. I'm going to lose my broadcast, but if you don't hear me for a few minutes, then I I have to reconnect so just bear with me because I, I can reconnect the program. I'm just hoping that we don't have those issues. But in case I go away, don't leave. I'll, <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. There's, there's really not too much you can do about these Internet connections if there's a blip in it since this radio program is connected to the Internet. But anyway, I'm going to check with the sound, and maybe somebody in the chat room could let me know how it sounds, but let me go here to the program. Just give me a minute while I check and see, because you don't, you want to be able to be sure that you can hear me, <laughs> and I'm not, like, cutting in and out. I don't know if it was blog talk radio last week because I did a sound check last night. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, yeah, it's working. So I did a sound check last night and it sounded really good. So I think it might've been blog talk radio last week with this really terrible connection. Oh dear. So 
I had to wind up calling up on my phone and you don't get, you don't get as, the sound isn't as good as when you're using a, a good microphone to do your broadcasting. But anyway, if, uh, if my brother's there in the chat room, if you hear, if you hear crackling, like if you hear me going in and out, let me know about it. So that uh, I think because this is an important program, I think it's a very important program that we're doing today. And I want it to come out loud and clear, but there's so many things going on all around us. And here we're going almost two years into this pandemic with no end in sight. And people are dying of this thing. I think we've all known people that have died from this evil thing and or people that have been very, very ill. I know I certainly have. And vaccinated people, unvaccinated people that have died. People that, for instance, like my cousin, her husband had it and he died from it. And she never got it. So she didn't catch it from her husband, which that was a miracle. So you just don't know where it is, where it's lurking, how you're going to get it, who you're going to get it from. And so I think we just have to be careful. It's, I think for uh, Marcus Lamb to have died from complications of this coronavirus is absolutely, I think it's a big story. I, I know that they, they did many, many programs and uh, I agree with a lot of the programs they did as far as the virus and the vaccines and the doctors that they had on there. I, I, I did agree. Of course, I don't agree with the way they approached the gospel. No, I didn't agree with that, the way they conducted their fundraising and those things, their doctrines. No, I didn't agree with. But as far as their stand on abortion and getting the information out that the vaccines were tested on the aborted baby cells and also some of them were developed using these cells, as many vaccines are, um, the MMR vaccine contains these cells, and uh, one of the shingles vaccines, there's many vaccines that actually contain the cells in them. And you can find that information by doing a search on the internet, and it'll bring up, if you ser- search for vaccines from abortion, it'll bring up the information. So I think. I'm not anti-vaccine. I am anti-using the cells from uh, dead children to develop medicine. I am 100% against that. And I think if you if you develop an ethical vaccine without mercury and aluminum and a lot of the other things that they were putting in these shots that could hurt people, then yeah, develop something that is ethical and is not made with ingredients that can injure people. It just makes sense. I I don't understand why they don't do it. They have the capacity to do these things. I read the other day that they were making a 
vaccine for this virus from a, from a plant. No, most medicines are, are de- uh, derived from some kind of a plant material. They don't like to tell you that, but <laughs> some, of them, some of them are. And then they add all the other ingredients that they add, the binders and the fillers and then whatever. But I, to me, you know, people will say, well, this, this group is pro-life and the Republicans are pro-life and the Democrats are not pro-life. But I want to know, because it, it puzzles me really that from 2016 to 2018, we had a Republican Senate, House, and President, and nobody nobody stopped the buying and selling of the aborted baby parts for use in medicine and whatever else they're using them for. So they say they're pro-life, but that's not pro-life. Pro-life to me is someone that stands up there and says, we're going to ban the sale and the use of these cells. We're not ever going to allow it again. And uh, we're going to uh, do everything we can to change the laws and to ban abortion 100%. So that's pro-life. But if you continue to allow these things, how do you expect God to bless such a mess as that? So I haven't really seen one brave person yet come forward and one brave politician come forward and say, that's my platform, number one, for life, and to ban the sale and the use of these cells for medicine, cosmetics, and other diabolical things that they're using them for. You, you, the information is out there. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's true. And uh, they've been doing it for many years, and it's wrecked havoc especially with children, because it affects their minds. Ultimately, they uh, have been suffering from ADD and, and uh, Asperger's disease and all kinds of things like that, which there was a study done years ago. And this man that did the study, and you can look it up, the study that was done by the um, with the Amish and they, this man went to study to see if the Amish had so many cases of these children being damaged with uh, the different things that happen when uh, they have all these learning disabilities and ADD and, and like I said, Asperger's and the different things that they get. But they found that because the, Amish were not vaccinated, they didn't have hardly any of these problems with their children. So I found it very, very interesting. And so to me, I kind of put the put it together. That's not the only study that's been done. There was other studies that have been done with autism and what causes it. But you can kind of see the correlation where if you're putting cells from uh, dead children in 
these shots, it has to affect you. <laughs> it has to affect you because it's not normal. There's nothing normal about it. So, uh, I like I said, I agreed with a lot of the stand, the stand that uh, Daystar took, Marcus and Joni Lamb took, as far as getting the information out there about the alternative treatments and. So you say, so people say, well, then how come he died? Well, it's our life, if we're Christians, our life is in our hands. And I choose to believe that, like the Bible says, it is appointed on the man once to die and then the judgment. So when your day comes, you're going. And I don't care who you are or what kind of medicine you take or what kind of treatment you take or whatever. That You're going that day and that time. That's when you're going. And for me, I found it to be a great comfort when some of my family members passed away. And after they passed away, you say, well, I wish I could have done this and I wish I could have done that. And you feel guilty. And then I have to remind myself that that was the time that the Lord was going to take them home. And that was what comforted me. So the press can say all the things that they want about making fun of the lambs because they they didn't get vaccinated and look he died of this coronavirus even though he was having all these doctors on there and everything well that was his time to go so they they can't they don't understand that with it when a christian dies that's our appointed time God could give you a miracle no matter what disease you have. And in the last minute, he can raise you up out of a deathbed. Jesus did those kind of things. So God can do it. But if he doesn't do it, we go to be, we go and uh, we go to heaven. So for the people that passed away, they're happy to go. And I'm going to play some of these audios from, kind of a timeline of when they started talking about being sick and then uh, Marcus was in the hospital and he spoke only once from the hospital bed, very weak. And uh, then after when he passed away, but uh, the news media, they were having a field day with it and blaming the fact that he didn't have a vaccine and that he was promoting conspiracy theories or whatever. But I, the times that I, that I had seen them talking about the different treatments, I didn't, I didn't hear any conspiracy theories. I heard doctors that many doctors that they had on there that had been doctors for many years and were well-known doctors with good credentials giving the information. So, you know, But just like when you go to the doctor, you might go and get two or three opinions. The opinions are going to be different because everybody's got a different opinion about how things need to be done. So I don't blame anybody. I hate this virus. I hate it. I'm not going to uh, judge anybody that gets it or that dies from it because it's too painful. Uh, The things that I've seen from my friends, And the things they had to go through, uh, friends that have passed away in a matter of days when they catch this thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm just 
I have to have compassion for people when this is this thing is uh, where this thing is concerned because nobody deserves to get it. Nobody deserves to get this thing. It was manufactured and it was unleashed on, uh, into the world by who knows who, who knows really who did it because we can't even figure out yet who killed JFK. So we don't really know who did it. We have little bits of information. And, and to me, it's like, why are people, the people that we suspect that did it, why aren't they being brought up on war crimes? This is a crime to do this kind of thing to people, to unleash this thing and to create it so it affects the lungs, people's lungs, and they can't breathe. And they get pneumonia, they get double pneumonia, and then they have side effects afterwards for who knows how long. So, uh, like I said, I I uh, am very much against the doctrines of the lambs and the way they conducted their ministry, especially in the fundraising arena. But when it comes to this thing with the family, I have to have some compassion for the family there the three children that were left behind and his wife. And my hope is they, they now know the pain of losing a parent, which is very, very painful, very painful for any of us that have lost our parents. We know how painful it is. And they are now running a network. Can they change? I hope so. I hope so. I hope that they take a good hard look at the way that Marcus ran the network and it was ungodly. It was, it was awful. Uh, Selling miracles. They couldn't have sowed enough seed and put enough money on the altar. Like they told people to do. Sow a seed and and God will heal you. And uh, there was not enough prayers they could say, uh, not enough money that they could lay down or seeds to sow that could save his life in the end. So it's a great lesson. It's a time for them to reflect now and to look back on it and say, maybe we should do things differently. So that's what I hope. That's what I hope because from the time that they seem to get sick and I, and I was looking back at some of their programs and, it seemed like they first started talking about getting sick on October 19th. By, October, by November 30th, Marcus was dead. And they both had the virus and didn't know it. They didn't know it. So they were going to work. They were going to uh, the station. And they were appearing on the network and they were both sick telling people they were sick and Marcus even said at one point that he had been tested three times for uh, COVID and it all, and they came back negative. Even if you're tested, sometimes the test isn't going to come back with a, with a, the right result. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, they had flu-like symptoms. They were both coughing 
and he was he was really in bad shape and he kept coming to the network and shaking hands with the guests and and uh i'm thinking to myself okay that's a lesson for anybody is if you have flu-like symptoms you don't go around people you stay home in quarantine because even i don't know when it finally showed up because up until about uh let's see up until about almost the end of October, he was saying, "We don't, Joni and I don't have COVID. We we never got COVID." So it was very strange. Let me tell you, it was very very strange. But I'm thinking, with all the doctors they had on there, and all the people that they had on talking about the symptoms and everything. If I'm, if I'm having those kind of symptoms, I'm not going out. I'm especially not going to work and I'm not going to go shaking hands with people. Now I'm not, I'm not going to throw salt on the wounds over there with uh, what they could have done and what they didn't do. But there's a lesson to be learned there that, you don't know if you have it sometimes. And it takes a couple of days even sometimes to get symptoms. But if you start having flu-like symptoms, that's not the first time I've heard this. That's what happened to a friend of mine. He first got flu-like symptoms. He, he had two vaccinations. They thought they had the flu. They finally went and got tested. They found that he did get a positive test and then he wound up in the hospital, came out of the hospital and was doing pretty good. And then a few weeks later, he died. So this thing is diabolical, diabolical. It doesn't discriminate either about who it's, who it's going to attack. So it was, it was a very strange set of circumstances. It really, really was because I think up until about finally she stayed home, she was too sick to even come to work. So finally she didn't show up for a few days. And she got over it, she says, in about three days using ivermectin and different protocols that they were using. She didn't have such a bad case like he wound up having, but he was coming to work while she was homesick. And uh, he was having trouble breathing. It 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 was very sad to watch the progression. And he didn't know it. I don't, I don't know exactly when they found out because I think it was around uh, 11-3, November 3rd, I think, that she was out, and then 11-9, November 9th, he wasn't coming to the studio anymore, and he he wound up in the hospital for 17 days, so he probably went into the hospital somewhere around November 13th or 14th, and he passed away on November 30th. So he had diabetes, which was which complicates the coronavirus. So she doesn't have any underlying conditions, Joni, and it does affect men. Men get it worse than women. There's something about the lungs, and you'll hear it in the audios that I'm going to play from both of them when they talked about it, but. Anyway, he had he was a worst case scenario, and uh, he didn't recover. 
but hopefully on his deathbed and uh, I'll play that audio of him from the hospital. He sounded like he was, he wasn't doing good and he was going over his life. That's what I got from the audio anyway, because he was, he almost, he, he says there that he almost died a few times. And so he knew that he was facing his, could be facing his eternity. And Joey says in one of the audios, the day he died that they tried to resuscitate him and he didn't come back and she wondered why he didn't come back well <laughs> it wasn't up to him to, you know. <laughs> it wasn't up to him to decide that he was going to come back who wants to come back once you're in heaven who wants to come back some of these audios for you and you'll hear for yourself and uh, they did have a memorial service for him on Monday over at, um, it was at Robert Morris's church, I think. But it was very well attended by all the uh, so-called who's who in the those word of faith circles. But I'm sure it was a big shock for most people because you think, well, how did this happen? And, but... God's in charge of our life. So, like I said, I don't care how many uh I don't care how many faith confessions you make, who's praying Kenneth Copeland, uh Benny Hinn, who's praying for you. When it's your time to go, you're going. And so that's exactly what happened here. That's exactly what happened here. So, let me play, let me play this audio first. Here's Marcus saying that he does. They don't have COVID, even though they they were both sick, but they didn't know at this point. In October, toward the end of October, they didn't know. Welcome to Drumroll, everybody. Mr. Marcus. Drumroll, Mr. Lamb. I apologize I for being late. Honey, we have a special program today. And so I'm glad you're here. Okay. You look really handsome. Thank you. Look at I've you. I've been just a little under the weather and trying to take care of myself. So I need all of my praying grandmas to pray for the little Lamb of God that I will be well, that I'll be healthy, and I will greatly appreciate it. Well, yes, and we do appreciate all the grandmas that pray for us. Well, so stay tuned for that. And all of my praying grandmas, please continue to pray for me, the little Lamb, Lamb of God, God. for yes. my health. Uh, Joni has been a great nurse, and I so appreciate, sweetheart, how you're helping me. We both had a rough night last night. Yeah. And of all things, I got the hiccups for hours and hours and hours and hours. Yes, be healed. So if you have a good remedy for hiccups, yes. I would appreciate it. And Joni, I want to say something. I should have already done this to our wonderful viewers in Australia and South Africa. Your day star has come under attack by individuals and even one of the secular liberal news media they don't like our stance on COVID and the jab. And so we need to hear from you in Australia and South Africa. If you appreciate the stand that Daystar's made. Now, remember, we've never told you what to do. All we've done 
is brought world-class doctors and scientists and researchers who are experts in this field, including virologists and immunologists. And we've tried to help you make an informed decision, and we've shared with you alternative treatments to prevent or to treat uh, COVID, and they work. They work for Joni and me. We've never gotten COVID in all this time. So if you appreciate what we're saying about this in Australia and South Africa, I need So that was about October 26th, around that time that he said that, even though they were both sick at the time. And they didn't know at that time that they were sick. But of course, like I said, they shouldn't have been going to the studio. Uh, that was the time. And also the hiccups, which is, it's not really a hiccup. It's more like, if you look at the uh, video of him, he's having trouble catching his breath. And that's one of the symptoms of the coronavirus. They Both of them definitely had the symptoms, but they were getting negative test results. And here, here's, He's, then this is about two days later when he said that he was tested three times. and he Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining Rachel Lamb Brown and me and I'm, Mr. Judah. I'm so excited to be here, coming in for my mom's day. She's under the weather. So I just want to get all of our wonderful baser partners and viewers around the world to pray. Pray for Joni. Healing, recovery, you know, the weather's changing. I'm going to start a mantra. Bring Joni back. Then we're working. Say that I am here by faith. <laughs> I'm really under the weather, but I have passed not one, not two, but three COVID tests, including this morning. So I don't have that. As uh, my friend, Dr. Dennis Swanberg, he's so funny, he calls it the COVID. <laughs> <coughs> but you hear me coughing. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand it. I, I, I just don't understand it. It's, it's baffling to me because this is the end of October. And of course, by the end of November, he was gone. But there he is coughing. He's, he's telling you how sick he is. The wife is homesick. She can't even come to the studio. He's still going when I don't understand. I don't understand why they have a staff. There was plenty of people to fill in for them, but he's showing up at the studio, shaking hands with the guests and he's got his grandchildren there, babies. And I I just couldn't understand it. I don't, I don't know what goes through people's minds because even, even if you do just have the flu, the flu is contagious, so you don't go around people. Years ago, of course, before this pandemic, even when people had the flu, they'd, they'd be all over the supermarket or stores if you went to the mall and people would be coughing and not covering their mouth. And, and people don't do that anymore. Once in a while, someone might do it. People didn't mind so much spreading the flu to other people. But this is a whole different thing, this virus, this coronavirus. So I was... I was just really amazed at uh, the fact that they didn't really take it seriously enough to uh, stay home, and especially him, because he was in worse shape than she was. And finally, she, she had to stay home. She didn't have any other choice. But then a few days after this, he never 
he never came back to the studio. But anyway, here's Marcus uh, talking from his hospital bed. Need the grandmothers to pray for my sweetheart. Yes. So he'll get better and stronger every day. And I was reading him some of the comments from uh, people who were saying they're praying for him. He's uh, he's been sick this week, and you know I was last week, <laughs> and so he got what I had. And so let's pray for the little Lamb of God for sure. Yes, I tell you what, when he comes back, he's going to be full of so much energy and excitement and passion and uh, I know that his golf game is going to get better and better and better so uh, really looking forward to having Marcus back and of course Mr. Judah is right before forward. we go to Rachel in the yeah. prayer courtyard let's show a little footage I think he had a, a doctor visit yesterday what a surprise well I'm not going to your prayers have been effective. Prayer works. And when you're in the fight for, the, for your life, you have to look to God. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I, th and I think about Ezekiel I'm sorry, Exodus 12, 13. And it says that when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you this. There was a point that I almost died. I could feel breath slipping from my body several times. And I would think about drowning in Jonathan, Rachel, and Josh, Israel. And R.E.L. And of course, Mr. Asher. <laughs> and who knows, maybe more to come that yeah, uh, all of our kids could be, could have more children. So anyway, please continue to pray for me. I love you with all my heart. And I couldn't think of life without you. So, remember these words that I said, because you're going to come into a fight. It may not be the same month, but you're going to come up against something, and you're going to have to use those same principles of the word. Well, it is so good to hear voice, Marcus. I tell you what, friends, Daystar family, we're witnessing a miracle right now. As Marcus said, you know, it, it was close to the wire, but I tell you what, God's power is greater. God's power is bigger, and we've got to stand on the Word, and we're continuing to stand on the Word. And as a family, we're going to see this miracle and many other miracles come to pass. It's awful, really. Really awful. But I guess there's a lesson to be learned 
for everyone involved in this situation that this family had to go through and being such a public family too and uh, have to do this publicly especially with the news media and the news media they can they can be cruel to uh to people and they they have a website some website where this guy makes fun of everybody that dies. He puts pictures of people that died from coronavirus that were unvaccinated. And it's very cruel because apparently it's not his loved one, but they could also do a website of people that have died with the vaccine. This thing doesn't discriminate with with people. So anyway... There's there's uh, enough mean <laughs> there's enough meanness to to go around. But anyway, uh, here's Joni announcing that uh, Marcus had passed away. This was November 30th. I'm so glad that you tuned in today, and I'm glad to be sitting here. And of course, co-hosting with me, or at least at the top of the show, is. My son, Jonathan Mark Lamb, how are you? I'm okay. Today has been a very tough day for our family. Today has been a tough day. I told everyone I can't talk to anyone or or go there until I talk to you because our day starts family. It's so important to us. So many of you have been praying, and I want to say thank you for that. And I wasn't going to cry, but of course you know I I am going to, but... This morning at 4 a.m., the president and founder of Daystar and the love of my life went to be with Jesus. Yeah. But I wanted to, I wanted you to hear it from me that he is with the Lord. And uh, it hasn't been easy, Jonathan. I'll tell you that he fought the good fight. Oh, yeah. And um, he worked really hard. He really, he really. To, to stay here. He did everything he could like to fight I mean he was yeah. Marcus Jerome Lamb is a fighter he, <laughs> he did not give up easily and he did everything he possibly could to fight to battle uh, but yeah so um, anyway I wanted to let all of you know to uh, we just appreciate your prayers yeah. and we appreciate so many of you that prayed and I've seen so many incredible emails from our partners and friends and my phone is blown up we got like 300 text messages from all over the world and so um if i haven't gotten back to you i'm sorry i i hope i will but um truly marcus lamb was a general he was in god's army and he has uh had the vision for daystar yeah and uh you know we can go all the way back to the mount of olives for he and I were in 1983. Incredible. God spoke to us. I mean, he truly was a life completely yielded to the Lord. And because of that, the Lord was able to use him to do such incredible things for, for the kingdom of God and touch so many people. I mean, so many people that are watching today, you know, just because that one man, Marcus Lamb, was obedient to the calling of God on his life, heard the Lord clearly in on yeah. the Mount of Olives. And yeah. God instructed him, even though he knew nothing about television, he told him to build a television station. He was station. an evangelist. He didn't yeah. know how to build a television station. And I'm sure that we will do yeah. a, a whole program yeah. in um, honor of Marcus and tell his story. Some of you know bits and pieces of it. 
But um, this morning, um, basically, he was, you know, he was diagnosed with COVID and then uh, got the COVID pneumonia. But he had pre-existing conditions. He never yeah. talked about that. But um, he had diabetes, but he kept it in check. He was yeah. very healthy. He ate healthy, kept his weight down, and uh, always kept his sugar at a good level. But with trying to treat COVID and the pneumonia and uh, the different protocols that are used, including many of the protocols we talked about here on Daystar, and we used those, and I used them and breathed through COVID. Um, it caused his um, blood sugar to spike yeah. and, and, and just a decrease in his oxygen, and that's why he went to the hospital, so he could have oxygen. Um, yeah. He 100% believed in everything that we, we've talked about here on Daystar and helping so many people around the world with early protocol treatments for COVID, we still stand by that, obviously. But um, at the end of the day, this morning, I was in the room, and I've been there with him the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it's been amazing. But anyway, he, um, his heart, it wasn't even the breathing. He, right. was, he was breathing, um, but his heart just, just gave out. Gave out right. And so they tried to resuscitate him, and he did not. I was for sure that he would. I definitely will have a talk with him in heaven one day about <laughs> why he did not stay. <laughs> because, you know, I certainly want him to stay. But I will say this, he and I had some tough conversations about yeah. years from now, one of us were to pass. And he gave me clear instructions uh, about Daystar that it would continue and the legacy that he's passed down would continue. And the Lord has given us an amazing family that we all work together. And I'm certainly gonna continue to be yeah. involved. Um, he nor I ever talked about retirement. So yeah. um, I just wanna say, Daystar is in good hands, yeah. and a lot of the reason why it's in good hands is because of the stewardship of Marcus Lamb. That's absolutely right. I mean, Marcus Lamb was an incredible um, manager of the finances here at Daystar, to where Daystar doesn't have any debt, and in fact, we have a great position to be able to carry us through, you know, many years. Um, yeah. You know, and that's because of the fruitfulness. Of, yeah. And that's something he uh, yeah. really uh, trained in you. Yeah. When you got your uh, business degree and all yeah. that, but still your dad teaching you some of the principles. Absolutely, that you absolutely. It's one of my passions. It's like, yeah. you know, not just ministry, but also the business side as well. And I've, yeah. that's, that's what I really enjoy. And, yeah. um, so we will carry on. Yeah. I'm so sorry yeah. um, to have to report to you that he's not with us, yeah. but... Um, what does the Bible say? To be absent from the body is to be present exactly present with the Lord. Yeah. And we thought about people yeah. like my dad, yeah. his mom and dad. Well, that's it. But like I said before, I they made a lot of mistakes there at that network where they could have done a wonderful work for the Lord by portraying Jesus the way he really is, that he's a loving, giving, compassionate, savior and you don't have to lay any money down or put any money in his hands to get us to do things for him so even at the memorial service they were giving him all these accolades and whatever but i i think it's always important to portray a person in a true light that they were flawed it's it's a better thing to say he was a flawed human being, yet he did these things. But then to portray someone in the light of never having to, never really making mistake and, and then uh, doing everything right, 
But anyway, it's a funny thing, too, when uh, somebody dies, and if it's somebody in your family, especially a parent, you don't really remember the, the bad things that they did or some of the horrible things that your family had to go through in certain situations. You really do remember the, the good things. <laughs> and my mother used to say, well, some of her friends, their husbands would pass away, and then the, the guy could have been a rascal when they were married, but... After he dies, they talk about him like he was a saint. And really, that is the way it is. But yeah, somebody that's a minister of the gospel, you have to be, you have to portray them as they really were in, uh, with their flaws and all, and uh, not try to make them into some kind of a grandiose figure when they weren't. But of course, uh, my hope and prayer is that the Lamb family will reflect upon all the events that they've had to go through over these past few weeks and that they will take a good hard look at the way things have been done there at the network and that they will stop bringing uh, these uh, reprobate preachers on there that sell miracles to people that are desperate because they know now what it is to be desperate for a miracle. They know the pain and They'll have to think about that now when they start, if they start doing these telethons again, the way they were done, they will, I think that they will really have to reflect upon all of that and to change the, uh, the way the, uh, uh, the operation of the network is to run it by faith. And uh, that's the best way to run it. You don't have to beg, borrow and steal to be in Christian ministry. So We'll see what happens. Uh, The network might not survive. You don't know really what's going to happen in the days ahead with uh, the Lord taking Marcus out of uh, the situation. So uh, I hope and pray that he made everything right with the Lord in the end. It sounded like it to me that he was reflecting on his life and... uh, which you which you would do when you're facing death. Most people do. Some people don't. They're rebellious to the end, but most people do reflect on their life. And I had hoped that we would have heard a apology from Joni that maybe Marcus would have made said had a message about how he abused the gospel. And of course, that didn't happen. But I don't know. I can't say what he did and what he didn't do in his private moments with the Lord because I wasn't there and uh, he didn't say and she's not saying so we'll we'll know one day anyway that's that's the uh, story there so uh, there wasn't anybody there at the network this week which they needed to take time off really there was no sense going over there and trying to interview people and when when somebody your father and your husband die you really need to take time off and uh grieve and there is there is a a time for grief and a grieving period when when these things happen there was an interesting uh now, now this was very interesting this lady here uh sharon gilbert and she was on the Jim Baker show, and 
she made a statement, and it, and it actually made Newsweek magazine, which I thought, wow, who is who uh, is minding or monitoring the Jim Baker show <laughs> that this story made Newsweek? But anyway, here here is um, <laughs> Sharon Gilbert on the Jim Baker show. After Derek and I got married, one night, this other Derek appears in our bed. The real Derek is lying down next to me. Other Derek sits right up out of him. It startled me. I knew that was not Derek. And so I asked this critter, who are you? Because he clearly wanted to have sexual relations. And I said, he said, come on, I'm your husband. I said, who are you? And he had the nerve to claim to be Ahasuerus, Xerxes. Well, other Derek seriously wanted to invite me to use my free will to do something that was going to pull me away from God. I knew he was really desperate. And I asked him again, who are you? He told me the same answer, and I said, I'm not going with you. This was an internal dialogue. Finally, I said, I've had enough in my mind. I reached up. I grabbed his face, and I said, you are a liar, and Jesus is real. And I pulled that face off, and beneath it, was a reptile. And he had little creatures with him this time. He brought these little halfling creatures, and they looked like, I don't know, gargoyles. They were very reptilian as well. So beneath that face of Derek was a reptilian serpentine creature, probably similar to what was visiting the Anasazi. Wow. Well, the Bible says... around these videos um, on the internet and uh, on different social media sites of lizard people. And they were trying to say that Hillary Clinton and these other people, look at their eyes and they're really, that's not really a human. It's a lizard person. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But uh, it, this, it, it caused quite a stir, this statement, because she says that this thing appeared in her bedroom and wanted to have sex with her when, uh, of course, people talk about these Nephilim coming down from heaven and fallen angels and they make children, which is impossible because spirits don't have a body. Even Jesus said it. And so uh, they don't have bodies. They don't have blood. They don't have organs. They're spirits. So it's impossible for an angel to make a baby, and yet people believe it. She believes this, and so does Jim Baker. And they have this uh, Tom Horn on the program, and he's written these volumes of books along with this uh, L.A. Marzulli, and all. they talk about the, the, the uh, Nephilim making children, and which is impossible. 
because it, it doesn't take too much to figure it out that angels in heaven don't have bodies. They don't have blood, they're spirits, and they don't come down to earth. And then all of a sudden they turn into humans. Satan is not a creator and he can't create body parts and he can't create blood. He can't create a human. He can't make an angel into a human. So it, it can't happen. But anyway, so many people believe it. And then she tells the story of the, the lizard, the lizard demon coming up from her husband and she pulls off the mask and it's a lizard. And anyway, it, 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 it was a little bit hard to believe. And, uh, I think the, these kind of things really make Christians look foolish, especially if it makes the, it makes Newsweek magazine. <laughs> and and then there was uh, this prophet, and and uh, he was on the Elisha list program, and I think his name is Barry. Once, let me play this one clip, and he says that God took him inside Donald Trump's body, and then when he saw Donald Trump's heart. And Donald Trump's heart was like the American flag. It was red, white, and blue. And he also saw Donald Trump's DNA. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, here's part one. Experiencing this, you know, prophetically, you know, uh, there, there's times where he'll give me a word of knowledge. He'll whisper something in my ear. Other times I'll literally see a word over someone's head or on the uh, you know, sometimes he just comes and whispers, you know, secrets about what's going on. Uh, you know, so revelation for me comes in different ways. Sometimes it'll come in a dream. Uh, you know, he'll wake me up through the night and it'll be, you know, taking, taking that in. You know, sometimes it's through encounters where he'll take, uh, you know, he'll take me into a spiritual encounter. And, and whether I'm in the body or whether I'm out, I can't say uh, because I'm there. Like, whether I'm in the body or whether I'm out, I can't say. Uh, because I'm there. He takes, like he, for me, he takes me into these places, and, and it's so real. And I, and I see his heart, and I see it beating, but it was red, white, and blue. And it was a clear resemblance of the American flag overlaying his heart. And, and you know, beating. And, and over that, there was, uh, there was a cross over his heart and the cross of, of Jesus Christ. And and the cross actually was on a shield and, and I don't think you've ever seen, you know, have the reformers, they used to have the you know, they'd have their sword and they'd have their shields. And so on the shield they often they had a cross, you know, on on their shield. And so over his over his heart was this this cross on a shield of a reformer. You know, thirty seven you know, a year ago and I literally was walking around in the valley of dry bones in dust. Wow. Wow. And, and so he takes, like, he, for me, he takes me into these places, and, and it's so real. I'm in Trump's chest. Wow. And I, and I, and I see his heart. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't think so. <laughs> oh. It's Prophet Barry. Wench, W-U-N-S-C-H, the man that went inside Trump's chest.
Here's part two. No, and I, and I don't take it lightly. Mm. But it, but as a look at me in on this day, I, I've never seen a heart as big or as strong as his was. And uh, as a, as the Lord took me into His heart, and you know, I see the shield, I see the you know the American flag over, and I see kind of what He's created to be. The Lord took me into Donald Trump's DNA, the very uh, blueprint that God created him with, and what He's created him for. And so he allowed me to see each strand of his DNA. As I'm looking at this DNA and I'm in there, I saw an old Bible. And I watched as, as the book of the Bible, as the, this, this scripture was opened up, and I watched it come off of the pages, extracted out of, out of the, the Bible, and I saw it woven and knitted into to Trump's DNA as to what he's called to do and, and who he's called to be. But what I saw was what is, it was, it was every mountain, you know, the seven mountains are going to be affected with revival, bringing wow. the Lord's purposes back into place. So as I went in and then the Lord continued to kind of take me in, um, he took me into a vault within the president's heart. So as I walked into the vault, you know, he swung the door open and it was full of banks of drawers, like safety deposit boxes. And there were a couple angels, you know, in the vault with me and they were overseeing and kind of, you know, managing and protecting what was going on. And there was one drawer that the Lord showed me and on the label of it, it had the, the word betrayal mm. written on it. And these angels, they pulled the drawer open, and immediately I felt the pain and the anguish and the anger and the emotion, just the raw emotion that's involved with the way that some of those who were once trusted by 45 had turned and hurt him with such an evil and demonic intention. Mm -hmm. And I heard the father say, son, this is referred to Donald. I know what it's like to be betrayed. And just as those that tried to destroy me were dismayed as I conquered the grave, so shall those that are trying to destroy you will be dismayed as I overcome them with you and bring you to complete victory. Oh, dear. It gets better. It gets better. This is with Steve Schultz of the Elijah List. And there was another ta another drawer that was pulled on the table, and I didn't see a label on it. Uh, but there had been some information and some resources that seemed to have been taken or stolen out of this drawer. And they were used, being used to sabotage a major project that <laughs> the president was working on. <laughs> and uh, there would be a trail of evidence uh, that would quickly lead to an evil insider and a plant mm -hmm. that was among 45 that was, you know, they'd use their position 
to get in and then steal, you know, some things that would bring either a further, you know, knock, knock him down a little bit further and inhibit <coughs> what he's called to. So the Lord is, and he, you know, like my, what I saw is the Lord is, and he's quickly going to show uh, Trump where and who these are How? and the team that's involved in it because what they had stolen and what they were doing, it was, it was more than just one person could do on their own. How? And so uh, the Lord was going to go and I, I, he's going to recover it. He's going to recover it all and more. And so as those ones are exposed, uh, God is going to bring his justice to it. And so all that the enemy has used against, against him, uh, God will turn it and he will use it for good. And he's releasing a supernatural grace to get it done. Oh! And it will be on the world stage uh, for people to see. Oh, oh dear. He... The Lord gave me a word for him. And, uh, and so I'll just share that now. Sure. And, uh, so Donald, my son, I've called you by name and you're behind. I knit you together in your mother's womb for such a time as this. So, Donald, my son, I know your heart. And I know that all that you've been through and all that you've had to do and all that you've had to endure, I know that there are days that it all seems just too much. The evil one trying to take you out and destroy your destiny and the destiny of the United States of America, America the Great. (laughs) But hear my word today, my beloved son. Fear not, for I am with you. For I have chosen you in this hour. (laughs) And you and only you are called to stand against this evil corruption. (laughs) That was him. He got he get get these moments these Pentecostal uh, hallucinations or whatever they are machinations where they go uh, oh see he's when he's getting his word then he has to add the sound effects to it and uh, so you believe it believe it right believe it or not it's like Ripley's believe it or not what's coming next down the pike here. That's the first time I ever heard anything like that. Is that he says God took him into a, into Donald's Trump Donald Trump's chest? Oh, that's a new one. Anyway, here's the last audio. Not only in this land, but other nations are counting upon you. I'm going to show you those who are in your midst who are enemy plants. Oh, they are double agents working against you and I'm going to reveal them to you and you will see their fruit. My son, I know your heart is not to see anyone hurt. I know your heart for unity and restoration and that will come. But my son, I've called you to lead the charge. I've called you to take out the enemy. And I've given you a face like flint and a bold and courageous spirit to stand and lead the charge in this nation. Ah! 
So trust me. Follow my lead. I'm bringing those around you who you can fully trust into your midst in this hour. So Donald, my son, as you turn your eyes and your heart to me, I will lead you and this great nation into the greatest time in history. My son, my son, you will help posture this nation for revival like it has never seen. Oh, and you shall be part of the billion soul global harvest. Oh, please, I've entrusted you with since you were a young boy. Oh, and I'm counting on you to use them. As you follow me, step by step, I will bring victory over victory. Oh, for I have written it into your heart. Oh, I have given you blueprints. I have given you plans. It's time to roll them out. Oh, I did not give them to your temporal advisors. Oh, or your analysts. Oh, I have given them to you. Oh, Donald, I am for you. And I'm with you. And I will protect you and your family. I assure you that I have them covered. So my son, I'm giving you a new perspective. And you will never be the same. (laughs) My son. Don't let Paula White be your spiritual advisor. I have a prophecy for Donald Trump, too. Make a public profession of faith in the Lord Jesus. And then I will believe that you really are a Christian. But until then, I don't care what anybody says, because I never heard the man say with his mouth, and when you're born again, you want to tell everybody, at least I did, and I've, and probably most of my listeners that are born again and made Jesus Christ their Lord and Jesus Christ changed their life. You want to tell people, you tell people what Jesus did. You don't hide it. And uh, so I've never heard Donald Trump say that he's accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And until I hear it from him, I, I'm not going to believe it. So... I don't care what anybody else says, and uh, you can have all the prophecies you want, but uh, when you have somebody like Paula White advising you on spiritual matters, there's something wrong there, like big time, and uh, the fact that Donald Trump, uh, two or three months ago, was also there uh, standing with Mrs. Moon and praising her, so... Uh, we need to be careful of these politicians when they start cozying up to antichrist cult leaders. Uh, Yeah, the alarm bells have to go off. I don't care who it is. And uh, as Christians, we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves because there's so much deception out there. And 
it's it's a nice idea to think about, yeah, let's make America great and we want to save our country and whatever. But God says that righteousness exalts a nation. So first we have to be righteous and we have to do the right thing in so many areas before God's going to exalt a nation. And uh, right now I don't see too much righteousness, but I can't say that I saw it all the time in years gone by either. I don't, uh, I see a lot of chaos going on now. That's for sure. But let's, let's uh, not be deceived because there's so many antichrists out there and uh, they're saying this thing and they're saying that thing and none of it's true. But anyway, that's, I'm just going to play this little part of Titus before we sign off here. It's just about a minute and a half. Of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, mine own son after the common faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city, as I had appointed thee. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children not accused of riot or unruly. For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretians are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This so you see, in Titus it says that they go about teaching things for filthy lucre's sake. And that's what we see in so many of these so-called ministries. And he talks about sound doctrine which is very, very important. That's the main thing, is what kind of doctrine do these people bring? And when they bring this kind of goofy doctrine with this uh, going inside somebody's chest and looking at somebody's DNA and uh, whatever, that's, no, that's not to be believed. And uh, also the, the doctrine of many of the prosperity preachers who pervert the word of God for filthy lucre's sake. And so sound doctrine is very important. There has, there has to be people warning uh, people of what's going on and to try to help people stay on the straight and narrow and not to believe all the voices that are out there because so many different voices saying this thing and that thing. And uh, it's so easy for people to be led astray. 
by the things of this world, but let's stand steadfast in the faith and fight the good fight of faith for the Lord Jesus Christ and to thank him for all the great things that he's done for us, that he saved us, that he redeemed us, that he's given us eternal life and he's given us a home in heaven. So no matter what we go through in this earth, no matter what we die of, what disease we die of or that kind of thing, that ultimately our life is in God's hands. And when it's our time to go, we're going and we have hope. We don't grieve like those that have no hope because we have hope that those that died in the Lord Jesus Christ will be, will be in heaven and we can see those people again and we know where we're going. So I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid of death because I know where I'm going and I know that my sins have been forgiven. And you can know that too, that no matter what you've done in your life, no matter what sin, and some people say, well, their sin is too big. There's no hope. Yes, there is, because God's merciful. We're not God. Maybe we don't forgive as quickly or have mercy as quickly as God does. But he had enough mercy and compassion on people to send his son to die for us. That's 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 pretty merciful and compassionate because most people would never uh, give their child life for somebody else's life. But the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10 says, there is none righteous, no, not one. Therefore, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned, Romans 5.12. What happens to you when you die? For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6.23. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10.9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Hallelujah. If you sincerely believe from your heart that you received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are now a child of God. If you repented of your sins and asked God to forgive you of your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to give you a brand new life in Christ. Old things will pass away and behold, all things will become new. And truly it's a miracle. Yes. The new, the uh, born again life is a miracle because you truly do change overnight. You really do. I, that happened to me. I went from one day having the, blinders on my eyes so the next day the blinders were gone and I was like I couldn't stop smiling because (laughs) I I knew I was saved I knew I knew there's nothing like it is to uh have your eyes open to the truth then you don't have to search anymore do you, you hear people saying well I have to find myself well you can find yourself and You can find yourself in Jesus Christ. He can help you. He's the only one that can help you, really, and give you a brand new life. So 
that's our program for today. I want to thank everybody that tuned in, all our listeners in the United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Canada, United States, and many countries around the world. Thank you for tuning in. And if you need to email me, you can email me Susan at propheticnews.com. That's Susan at propheticnews.com. And I do answer my emails. So don't forget to be with us next week. We're going to have Jackie Almore on next week. So we'll have a, a lively discussion. And God bless you. Stay safe, okay? And uh, we'll see you next time. Blessed be the name.